Hey, this is Sebastian for the Metal Gods Meltdown, and today I'm joined by... Bruno Ravel from The Defiance and Danger Danger. How are you, Sebastian? I'm awesome. It's an honour to be speaking to such a legend like yourself today. Congratulations on your new album, Sakushu. Are you getting anxious now, just waiting for it to be released? Uh, in a way, um, we, our original intention was to have it out in March, and then... Uh, I was a little bit uh, late, like a few weeks late in delivering, and so they pushed it back so they could, uh, you know, do the proper thing with the videos and, and all that, get it all together. So, yeah, it's, it's the longest time I've ever had to wait after finishing a record, and uh, uh, so it's uh, less than a month away now. So why that for a title? Well, I mean, uh, we couldn't really come up with a title. We were kind of throwing things back and forth, and... Uh, one day I was just walking around my house and I, and, and I said, okay, it's the second album. I said, so, you know, I was thinking of playing off of something like a Roman numeral two or, or the sequel or the next chapter, like all of those kind of things were going through my mind. And I said, oh, you know, that could be cool. But those, those actual, you know, the sequel or the next chapter just seemed a little bit bland to me. So I started researching how I could say it in different languages and, the Japanese thing just uh, kind of, it was an a not an accident. I mean, I, I first researched a Japanese thing because I've always been um, fascinated with Japanese culture and anime and all of that. And, and so I have a bunch of friends over there. And um, I, I said, how do you say the sequel or the next chapter in Japanese? And so I didn't realize that there's like seven or eight ways you could say it. So they sent me, you know, my friends sent me all the ways you could say it. And the word Zokusho, just to me, when I looked at it, I said, oh, that looks cool and it sounds cool. I don't know if it's the proper way to say it, but I, I like the way it sounded and I like the way it looked. So I said the word would look cool on an album cover. So I found out uh, in the end that it's like more of a slang, like kind of a street way to say it, which is even better. And uh, so that was that. And then, of course, after coming up with the title, then the album cover followed it with the whole Japanese theme. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because it's like very manga, well, it's a manga theme, isn't it? Do you have a lot of involvement with the artwork? Yeah, I, you know, the, the, I, um, between you, me, and the internet, I uh, wasn't too fond of the first album cover. I, that's not kind of how I, envis I envisioned the first album cover. I thought it was going to be less of us and more of just the theme of the Western theme. And so when I saw, you know, big, us, you know, as cowboys on the cover, I, I really, I was like, oh, this is terrible. I said, I'm going to have to sign this every time someone comes up to me with this record. I'm going to have to sign this cover and be reminded of it. So on this one i said i asked paul if i could kind of you know be the point man and he said sure and so i just basically you know researched a lot of manga stuff and found like a cool um a cool kind of manga theme that i liked and i actually found pictures of streets in tokyo and i sent them all to the to the art man and i said something like this and, and literally in two emails he was very close with that cover we just had to go back. We just had to go back and forth a little bit with the. Uh, there's like the little sign that says uh, has the manga and it says Zokusho on it. That we just had to go back and forth a couple of times on that. But it was simple, and I, and it's probably my favorite album cover that I've ever ever had. So uh, I'm very happy with it. Okay, so you're gonna have that framed in your home then? I would yes. I'm definitely gonna have get get like a poster of it or something and frame it in my house for sure. Okay. I'm, I'm I think it might look cool on a shirt too. So. There's, uh, we'll see what we can do with that. 
And of course, you've already released a few tracks. What's the feedback been like so far generally? Feedback has all been positive, and uh, everyone seems to like this already more than the first album, which is surprising to me, but a pleasant surprise, and uh, we're, we're thrilled with all the response. It's been great. Which is your favorite track on the album today, and why? Probably the song titled It Goes Fast, just because it was uh, more of a personal thing for me. Um, uh, you know, the, the, there's a lot of, you know, the typical AOR themes on the record, heartbreak and anger and love and all of that. And, and, but for some reason, that chorus of that song came to me when I was writing it one day and uh, it just hit home because, you know, time is getting short for all of us. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I really like the way that song came out and that's probably my favorite. Yeah, it's a good message too. I personally think it's the best melodic album I've heard in many a year. How pleased are you with Frontier's involvement? Very pleased. Um, I think that uh, I don't know if I have that much clout with them, but I'm. I think I'm in a place in my life and in my music career that uh, where I have I have some sort of leeway with what we do. So Frontier's really never really gets too involved with anything that I'm that I do for them and. Um, and they're very supportive, and they're big fans, and I honestly didn't want to do any videos. I, I hate I hate videos for for, uh, for songs, but I, I, I guess I found out that now that it's an evil necessity. But they, they were great even with the videos. I, I like to kind of have my hands on everything, even back in the day when we were uh, when we're doing Danger Danger stuff. I wanted to be involved in everything. And um, I had to kind of let go a lot, uh, with especially with the videos. And they, they're fine. They're, they're, they're great, and they've been supportive. And I'm really happy about our relationship now. They've been great. I've seen a few posts like with some of the videos that you've already released, and a few people have asked why... Is the band just not called Danger Danger rather than The Defiance? Uh, well, I mean, because it's not Danger Danger. I mean, it's uh, if you want to say Danger Danger is me, then then uh, that to me that would be the only reason to kind of you know say that. But uh, to me, Danger Danger is the combination of myself and Steve writing the songs and Ted or Paul at them at the the other incarnation of Danger Danger singing. So with this, it's it's. Paul and myself, and a completely different approach to it, even though it still fits in the same genre, and that's obviously what we're going for. It was intentional, but it's not like when I uh, when I write songs, I'm consciously saying, oh, I have to write a Danger Danger style song. Uh, it's actually a lot less rules, and it's a lot more, uh, there's a lot more freedom with the defiance than there is with Danger Danger, but I can understand why people would say, oh, it's Danger Danger version 2 because, you know, Paul sang in Danger Danger and Rob is the common thread and uh, as well as myself and, uh, uh, the, you know, the cockroach lineup and all of that. So, um, I mean, personally, I think there is a difference, although there are some similarities, but I just think in... In Danger Danger's absence, you have the Defiance, so it's it's good for everybody. So what are your plans for the rest of the year with the Defiance? We're, we're looking at possibly doing some touring again. It's uh, We're looking at maybe doing a, a run in Europe and always, I guess, always looking at uh, the obvious festivals. We haven't been uh, uh, tapped to do anything as of today, but 
we're hopeful. Um, we know that the market for us is not that big. Kind of limits what we can do, you know, because, uh, again, I'm not 20 years old and I can't just go to Europe and ride around in a van for a month, you know, and get no sleep. I, I just physically, I can't do it. So it has to be well thought out and planned. And again, not it's not something financial. It's more just logistical, just trying to figure out the smartest way for us all. And again, Paul lives in Canada. I live in New York. You know, Rob's in Sweden and whoever plays drums where who I don't know where they live. Uh, you know, it's a little bit of a logistical nightmare to get us to do stuff, but it's definitely not as hard as people think. And we're looking into, you know, again, doing a you know, a run maybe in Europe for a couple of weeks and uh, uh, maybe, you know, early next year, that kind of thing. I really hope we get over to the UK and not just London. I, I hope so too, because the traffic would, would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, man. Do you actually have a favourite country to play in? I mean, you've mentioned Japan, so is that one of your favourites? Uh, Japan's my favourite country to, to play in, not so much for the... The, the performance side just for the tourist side but um uh to play it would it would probably be the the uk or or uh, uh spain sweden those three countries seem to be very uh very receptive to this kind of music i would say the uk is probably number one and uh probably spain and sweden are close uh, tied for second i was a young teen in the 80s when metal and rock got loads of airplay does it frustrate you now in 2019 that bands like yourself don't get the full recognition while crap like X Factor seems to be mainstream 24-7? Uh, no, not really, because that's the kind of the, 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 the cycle of life. I mean, you know, look, when when you were growing up and, and I was growing up and getting into music and liking the bands, I mean, there weren't, you know, there weren't bands in there that were, you know, 50 plus years old coming out and getting a fair shake you understand yeah. music and rock and roll and even pop music for that matter is a it's a young man's game so i mean i'm happy to see some of these kind of upstart you know aor rock bands that are coming out now trying trying to uh make some movement in that but uh it's a different world now so you know, I could be bitter about it and jaded and say, oh, everything sucks now, music sucks now. But, you know, it is what it is. And having children and, you know, I see how my son reacts to music and reacts to things. And he's reacting to the same stuff that we reacted to when when we were young, whatever you gravitate to, whatever grabs your ear. So uh, you only know what's what's be, what's being put in front of you. You know, so I'm not I'm not angry about it at all. Would you want to be starting a band in the 21st century? saying like you were i don't know 18 again no thank you no only because only because rock music is i mean it's like an, i mean it's barely existing you know in the grand scheme of things it's you know the world has changed everything is kind of pop r&b hip-hop based and there's less and less rock music. I really don't know why. I, I don't. I'm been trying to figure that one out for the last ten years. But I mean, I I do, wouldn't wish being in a band in my twenties on, on my worst enemy now because it's just such so hard. I mean, it was hard back in the eighties and seventies and eighties when you know when you actually had a scene that had clubs to go to that had rock bands all the time and, and could you know listen to it on the radio and all of that now it seems to be that uh you know the only stuff that's selling that's doing well is the all the legacy acts all the big stadium acts all those tours and 
and those are the ones that are still going strong. It's only because this, that is, there hasn't been a movement to bring it back, and I don't know if there ever will be. I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm waiting. Yeah, same here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're playing live, would he be including Danger Danger songs or not at all? It depends on the show, and if, if it's, for instance, if we were going on tour and um, it was selling, it was a tour that we found out that the tour was selling really well, and and people were there to, to see. Uh, we would probably do three quarters defiance material and throw in a couple of Danger Danger songs, just you know, for the fans. And on uh, if it, if it was something where people didn't know us. Uh, we would probably put more, you know, danger, danger material in there. So we try to we try to keep the danger, danger stuff, you know, stuff that Paul sang. I don't like to really, you know, throw this stuff off the first two records with Paul singing, even though he does a great job and people would love it. Uh, I'm trying to at least separate it a bit, you know. So uh, I guess it would be different for every show. But can you tell me the most outrageous thing you have ever done in the name of rock and roll? Oh my God! Where do I begin with that one? Um, uh, I I really can't say. I I can't, I can't put it this way. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a Geritol moment right here. No. Um. I mean, we've done the you know all the all the outrageous stuff you could think of. The everything with the back in the day with all the the, the groupies and the hotel rooms and all of that and partying and all of that. So we've done a lot of crazy stuff. So uh, I, I don't want to say that anything that I'm going to, uh, that I could say would be anything that you haven't already heard that another band did, but there's been plenty of great memories and great stories. And uh, hopefully I'll write a book about it one day. Totally, man. You should do that. Mm -hmm. That's got to be mm -hmm. done for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> are you, are you a fan of the Motley Crue film? The Dirt? Yeah. 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 I loved it. I loved it. I honestly thought it was going to suck. Just when I saw, when I looked at the previews and I looked at the cast, I was like, this can't be good. And then when I watched it, I was like, wow. It was, it was very authentic because, again, I lived a lot of that movie. <laughs> and I was at some of those parties right. that they showed in the movie. So I have a lot of photographs to prove it. So it was pretty spot on and the actors were great. Uh, you know, even the dude that played Mick Mars was great. <laughs> so, yeah, I loved the movie. I thought it was great. I thought it was awesome. Which two albums from the 80s would you play me to introduce me to that great decade? Probably, uh, off the top of my head, I would say, even though they might not necessarily be my favorite, um, I would probably say Dr. Feelgood and... And maybe Bon Jovi, New Jersey, or Slippery, one of those records. Great choice. That, pr that pretty much sums it up right there. Many outstanding moments in your career, but which one springs to mind right away today? Well, it's, there's plenty. Um, you know, the, the older I get, the more I can reflect and kind of be grateful that I even, you know, had a chance at this whole thing because there's so many, so many musicians and so many guys that never even get a chance to experience what I did. So I'm not one to look back and be bitter about, you know, things I kind of am grateful and, and especially now I soak in every moment that I can. So, um, if I had to say some of the, you know, you know, obviously all the touring we did with all the bigger bands with the, you know, the relationship that we have with Kiss that, um, 
I mean, if you'd have told me when I was a teenager growing up that I was going to be friends with the guys in Kiss and we were going to joke around about you know life and stuff, I, I was I would have said there's no way. So I would say probably our you know our tours, uh, our relationship with Kiss, and just um, you know being able to do stuff like uh, um, you know playing in Japan and I mean there's so many so many great moments. Even the reunion tour we did was was special a few years back. So and all the people that I've met along the way as well, cool. you know, all the bands that I've been, that I'm friends with, and even my relationships with the bands that I was in uh, before Danger Danger. So it's just a lot of good memories. <laughs> Can you remember the first time you ever played live and how it felt to have? people watching you yeah eh, the first time i ever played live you ready for this i was 12 and i played in a band in my summer camp sleepaway camp in canada i was in as i went to a camp in parry sound ontario uh, for the summer and me and two other dudes got a band together and we played like we played covers uh, we played like a uh, bunch of Kiss songs, and I actually uh, spit blood like Gene. Cool. And um, my and um, I remember even what I was wearing. I was wearing an Aerosmith T-shirt and white overalls, and I had like those white puka shells around my neck. I have a picture of myself somewhere there. But the entire camp watched the show, and people were going crazy, and we weren't even that good. And I just remember that feeling, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do, like for sure. <laughs> if you were stuck on a desert island for a year, which mm -hmm. four famous people would you take with you and why? Wow. Okay, stuck on a desert island, four famous people. Whoa. Okay, I would probably... Oh, wow, this, could, this is crazy. Um, I would probably have at least two supermodels. Uh, I'm not going to name them, but for the obvious reasons, uh, for scenery and, and some light conversation. And then the other two would probably be, um, wow. Steven Tyler would be one because he's not only funny, but witty and musical and brilliant and the coolest man ever. So I would probably want to hang out with him for a long time. And then, um, who would be the last? Uh, that's a tough question. You know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, oh, Jesus, I don't know. How about, how about Dave Chappelle, the comedian? Awesome. Just because, yeah. just because he would be great to party with and 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 make me laugh. How's that? There that's, you go. That's excellent. That was man. probably a lame answer, but that <laughs> I probably have to fight Steven Tyler for all the supermodels, and I would lose. <laughs> so, what would you like Bruno Ravel to be remembered for in a hundred years' time? Just being a good guy and and writing some good tracks that maybe uh, that maybe uh, made people forget about the. the the daily grinds, you know, the, the the rigors of life maybe took them to a place where it gave them a little enjoyment. So that that would probably be good enough for me. Can you tell us why we should buy Sokosho? Oh, uh, because it's fucking killer. <laughs> because you're going to like it. There's a lot of variety in it. There's some uh, really great moments, some excellent guitar playing from Rob and uh, 
and singing from Paul and just you know good. It, look, if you like good catchy aggressive rock music, then and then then this is an album for you. I think I think anybody that likes it, that buys it will not be disappointed. This has actually been the best interview I've done so far for this record. Just so you know. Oh, cheers, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Festival or small intimate gig. Festival or small small intimate gig. Vinyl or digital. Vinyl, of course. Yeah. Hot dogs or beer? Hot dogs. <laughs> Monkey business or drink up? Monkey business. Last one. Contentious. Donald Trump or Kermit the Frog? Kermit the Frog. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. That was a good one. Thank you so much for your time today. Do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners? Uh, just, you know, thanks for the support. Keep on supporting the bands you like, even if it's not us. Uh, just, you know, keep it alive. It's uh, it, Only the fans are going to keep this alive. That's about it. Hey, everybody, this is Bruno Ravel from The Defiance and Danger Danger, and you're listening to The Metal God's Meltdown. Meltdown. <laughs>